All right, so hey, what's up? You're listening to You Trying to Get That Money podcast. That's true. It is. I am your host, Sean Kantrowitz. We are joined today by my lovely co-host. I could call you lovely in a non-demeaning, like, non-sexual way, right? How would that be demeaning? I think that would be uh, enduring or something. I don't know. It just feels like if I call another guy lovely, like that's like, Dude. you know... I don't want to patronize you. It's 2016. Like, there's no... It's free love. Love is fluid. Gender is fluid. Um, oil is fluid. It's all okay. Good. Well, then, I'd like y'all to give it up for the lovely Josh Spoon, who is joining me uh, today. And we are joined by our third guest, uh, today's guest, uh, X144, phoning it in from Orlando, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Word up. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks hey. for being on. Yeah, man. No problem. Yeah, what's good, man? So, uh, Josh, what's been going on? What's what's good? Uh, I just got done uh, doing an Easter service performance. I had to show up at 8 a.m. Or not 8 a.m., no, 6 a.m. That's how tired I am. So I woke up at 4.30, played the bass for a while, and then listened to the church message sort of while half falling asleep in the back, so... And you played bass, right? Yeah, played bass. Mm-hmm. We had three practices. I kind of learned the songs, <laughs> pulled it off pretty decently. In those three practices, we probably spent about 20 minutes actually playing. Most of the time, it was the singers trying to figure out their parts. So it was, uh, was you know, a lot of on-your-feet playing. So what about you? I uh, did not perform in that church performance for you Easter. You didn't? I thought I saw um, you there. No. Oh. No, it was the other guy. I was, it was the other uh, guy. I was, I was, I was like Sean, 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 and he was looking at me like I was crazy. It was weird. It's like I don't even know you, B. I was in the choir. You, you were. See me? Oh, I man. was. I was wearing. I think that I pink. heard. I think I heard you. You were the. Yeah, I was a baritone. Were, what were you wearing? I, I was wearing that pink robe. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like I'm a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show out today. Oh yeah, be. nah, yeah. It had the gold trim on it. It was that was me all day. <laughs> Pink with gold trim. Yeah, man. I mean, that with a black bow tie, I was trying to stick out, man. Let me tell you. I think it. None of this I is think real. One of the, yeah, one of the deacons called me Pink Panther. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I right, word up. <laughs> Give him a little something, Pink Panther. Mm-hmm. Oh, I uh, I just did uh, my, I graduated from my improv class. Nice. And I did my, uh, we have to do a show as the performance. So we did. On Easter Sunday, which is kind of a tough sell to uh, fill seats. Yeah. How was it? It was not terrible, which <laughs> I think is what you is all you can really ask for an improv 101 graduation performance. Right. Like, you know, we spent two months kind of like learning and and learning the ropes and getting comfortable with each other and uh, you know, we got like thorough notes from our instructor afterwards backstage, and you know, he definitely you know thought that we did well for a one-on-one class. He kept saying, you know, and that uh, he's supposed to say that to you so that you come back and get more, you know, classes. Yeah, he wants your money. Right, get that exactly. money. Exactly. Yeah. No, trust me, we didn't need anybody to like you know to bring us down a peg and tell us that we didn't <laughs> you know that we needed training because it was definitely apparent. But you know, honestly, it wasn't even terrible. And Hold were, so was it in front of a crowd or was it just amongst your peers? Yeah, it was. It was open to the public. So, oh, okay. like I said, it was a little bit of a harder sell on an Easter Sunday. That's right. interesting for even for Southern California. I thought most Southern Californians don't do Easter. 
Well, I just know that like somebody uh, in my class did like a Facebook invite, like event invite for it, and like invited like two hundred people. Which already I was like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you inviting people to this? Like, <laughs> this is this is a terrible idea." But I mean, the the biggest response that people were putting on there was like, "Hey, not going to be able to come. I'm going to be you know with family, or you know I'm going to be at church or something." So, um, but actually, you know, there were probably a solid like. 30 40 people there so you know it was was decent yeah yeah that's so you know the people laugh people did laugh yeah people did laugh um you know they split the class into two groups so uh it was like seven people in one group that performed and then seven people in the other so when i was in the audience you know we all were like really laughing extra hard to kind of just you know like help you know, kind of lube up the crowd and, and just keep the energy going. But no, nah, people, people were definitely laughing. I, I got some good laughs. Um, and I'm, you know, as anybody who has had a conversation with me in the last, uh, you know, two months can probably tell you I'm super in the improv cult now. Dude. I've already signed up for the second class for 201. Mm. Um, yeah, you were, was, you were, yeah, you were on the brink of CrossFit. Um, crazy. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, CrossFit I'm, levels. I'm I'm texting I'm texting him like, yo, I think I said I think I'm gonna go up to Nerdmel and start doing stand up again. Just kind of you know, just kind of feeling it out, just having fun. He's like, you know what you should do, bro. You know what you should do, bro. <laughs> exact words. You should <laughs> do some improv. That'll that'll be the best thing ever. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I did, I did stand-up for a number of years. I feel, I feel very comfortable doing stand-up. No, bro. It's so invigorating. It clears your mind. It's a good okay, sh- there's a little bit of a bias here because you already said that you, we were texting while doing this. So you're attributing a crazy voice to this that was not no, there. Hey, he sounds hey. just like you, though. He sounds just right. like you. The, see? I've two confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> and and anyway, when I when I when I go on my text to like read um, back the words to me, that's the voice it gives me. So for you, so even wow. the the All iPhone right. confirms it. Oh, you're saying that Siri's yeah. voice changes into that? Yeah, when sh- when I have it read Sean's text, that's mm. exactly the voice it gives me. All right, so yeah. that's when the computer says it. It's true. Well, guys, I just need you to please sign up for these classes or I won't get my family back. So please <laughs> it's, it's stop into, joking it's, about it. It's turned into Taken slash Amway. <laughs> yeah. With a hey little guys, bit of Scientology. You know, like UCB is across the street from the Scientology Center. So I shout out to them. about that. Wow, it is. Yeah, mm. it's a deep connection. Mm-hmm. That's heavy, I like man. how I you asked know. you multiple times. I said, hey, so uh, can I come to the show or when is it? And you were like, uh... You probably shouldn't go. That's your other voice. Uh, you should probably shouldn't go. It's, it's not going to be good. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. But you, it went it went decent. So that's good. It went it went decent. It went decent. Did and I, I didn't de- even want Jen to go, but she did she come went. and uh yeah, she she went and and she she said it wasn't bad. She said it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. She gave me like the real like the scoop. Well, that's funny cuz she's been going with you to all of these shows that you guys have been watching, so she knows what the caliber is and what the level is. So right. She, and she we can easily... are we could not hope to be close to that. Right. Right. So no development deals? No holding deals with NBC, nothing like that? Jesus Christ. None to speak of, but <laughs> let's give it some time. Maybe 201. That, that's Maybe 201. Happen. The breakout yeah. star. And then I'll be like, Sean, like you want to do the podcast? Like, oh, I got a meeting with you know the network and blah blah blah. 
the podcast was my platform to get where I needed to go. Now that I'm there, I don't. Now need that you everybody anymore. knows that you're yeah. taking the classes, oh. the, you're going to get calls. Believe me, they're going to hear this podcast, and then boom, you're to the yeah. top. They're going to yeah, they're going to put you to the top. I mean, they're going to they're going to pay you like shit. So be ready for it, man. <laughs> Are you ready to get paid two dollars an episode? X one forty four. How's your week been? What's what's been going on? Oh uh, man, this is, it's been kind of fucked up. Um, <laughs> to set it all off, uh, my computer's actually been fucking up uh, all week, and right in the middle of mixing a project. So I've been dealing with that the the dark art of troubleshooting. So um, besides that, man, shit's good. Shit's going good, man. I'm probably the most most productive I've been in a, in years lately. So that's that's um, nice. Yeah, man. Um, finally, finally, uh, you know, carving through my project. Uh, that's uh been long overdue for uh for finalization and all that stuff. So yeah, man, I'm 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 loving it right now. Even in spite of all the bullshit with technology, because technology hates me right now. So. Yeah. So let's step back for a second here and just identify if in case we don't do like a proper intro to this episode. Cool. But uh X uh is a producer, uh mix engineer, uh does mastering, uh rapper, writer, artist, <laughs> director, right? <laughs> it starts to uh, director, right? Yeah, that's me. Deadliest catch that's member? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dead, is that deadliest catch member? Yeah. A uh, pathological liar. Um, yeah, he doesn't do me. any of these things. Stripper. <laughs> no, you. Yeah. You do a lot. You do. You do a lot. And I, I've asked other people before uh, who have been on the show because we tend to attract people who do a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you? Have you learned the subtle art of explaining when you meet someone what you do in a way that encapsulates? Hey, I do lots of things, but protects you from oh i'm just making shit up right i don't know i it when, when i'm asked like what i do uh it depends on the context of the situation i either just say i'm an artist because <laughs> that's a, that's essentially what all those things are to me um or if i'm talking to somebody who's interested in video stuff i just you know i just let them know i'm a director and i do music too i don't go all into what i do for music or whatever but um, that's as of recent. Before, uh, yeah, I was the walking business card. Like, oh, I do this and this and this and this. <laughs> nah, it just, it doesn't, uh, it gets tiring after a bit. But, uh, um, you know, uh, like I said, it's all contextual. But, um, yeah, man, uh, direct, edit, you name it. So, I, yeah, pretty much I'm the walking production house, you know, like many other artists out there. I think uh, I think we're in the modern renaissance especially now with with everything that's accessible to us. So, I don't know if like it back when there was the renaissance, you know, the actual true era, the the, the origin of of everything when it comes to that term. I don't know if everybody had the accessibility or if there was a lot of them. I don't think there was like a Da Vinci on every corner or a Michelangelo on every corner. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that that was the case. There's probably just like three or four dudes and they, and they were just like, "Yeah, we are the Renaissance." <laughs> they were probably a crew. And they used right. to, and they used to throw up graph. <laughs> That's it. Aren't a lot of those dudes from the Renaissance they were all they were all pretty much like uh their day jobs were getting like fat checks from the church and then they can go off and kind of do yeah. their own thing. Yeah, yeah. They got they it's pretty much 
what uh what any artist tries to do really just get that yeah get a check for one thing just to just to fund what they really want to do um, right so i mean i think that's i think that goes for everybody in this conversation so how do you how do you balance all of these hats like doing these different things do you focus on one for a time and then go to another or is it just kind of like how the creativity or the work comes in mm. if it's my own stuff it which is you know a good and a bad thing i like to do it um whenever i want to do it you know what i mean i try to follow i try to follow what my feeling is for that for that day or for that moment um or for yeah. that whatever that period of time is like uh, right now all i want to do is music i don't want to do any video stuff um then I go through spells where I just want to I want to direct something and that's usually when I do videos. So, I mean, granted, um being that the work uh that I do is so spread out amongst so many hats, uh sometimes I'm just going with a flow. Like all last year I just spent I like for the last uh I would say year uh I would say 3 years. Um sorry. I've been studying jazz piano. And uh, nice. was just writing, writing music, you know, just to, you know, to practice, you know, what I what I was learning. And then all last year, I just spent mixing. I stopped practicing. I haven't practiced since. So it really de- depends on the wave of work that comes in, and also what I'm feeling. And uh, right now, I'm just trying to maintain the momentum of just focusing on dedicating more time towards the stuff that I really want to do, opposed to the work that I do for others. I've been in the service industry for so long that I've put all of my art on the back burner. And and it took me really meeting someone uh, overseas uh, this past summer uh, in Norway where we had a meeting and he pretty much, um, he was pretty much trying to get me plugged in to get mixing work and all that shit. And um, he heard my music and uh this was like by our by our third meeting and he was just like you didn't tell me that this that you could make stuff like this you need to stop putting that in the background and like everything <laughs> that we had talked about up until that point he was just like we're going to we're going to put that in the background we don't need to talk about that no more like we need to make a move he's on. like i'm 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 going to throw out this recommendation letter for that job that you really were trying to get mixing fuck that <laughs> you're, you're you're better than this baby yeah you're I'm gonna, better I'm gonna, yeah i'm going to tell that guy you completely trash and that you punch people in the face just randomly <laughs> so you don't get the gig so you can focus on your work or no well no take no. me later but no he that's that's what he was about he was just like yo f- like fuck all Punching this mix- people in the face he was he was saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much he was saying fuck all the mixing shit fuck all this technical stuff and like servicing you know other people and working on other people's projects you need to be focusing on your shit and we need we need to be talking about how to get your stuff placed and it pretty much changed my perspective because you know, being an independent music artist or musician or whatever, you're pretty much amongst your peers the whole time. So you're amongst other yeah. artists trying to make it, who make music or make some sort of art, whatever. And I don't know why. It, granted, obviously, it's exactly where it's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, at the time in my life that I, you know, I'm wise enough to actually to to actually read the sign properly, opposed to passing it by like oh whatever but this dude he's been in the music industry for i don't know how long and he doesn't make music 
He's not trying to, he's not chasing anything. And he came at me just like, yo, and this was, this is, this is after a few, few different people over there who are, who are in the either audio industry or music industry who were just telling me when I was there, like, like you, you have a shot here. Like, I think you do really well over here. You should come here um, and, you know, live and try to try to make it out here because we think that you'll do well. So hearing it from him about my music, about my art, that I don't know, that kind of hit home for me because I I had never really sat down with um, someone who wasn't a musician that has such influence in that country. Um, actually, you know, say, hey, man, like, what the fuck are you doing, basically? You know what I mean? So since then, I've just been carving out as much time as possible, basically killing myself. Working like I don't know how I mean, like I do audio, you know, for a living. Luckily, you know, and I uh, and I'm and I feel blessed to do it. I love what I do, and um, you know, during the day I do that, and then at night, you know, I I come and work on my projects. If I if I'm not working on a client's project, you know, I'm still not turning that down, turning any work down there. But the the interesting thing is that you know. Um, the the amount of sacrifice and I and I'm trying to think about like how I used to do the shit back in the day when I was like you know when I was a teenager and I had had a full time job and all that bullshit I don't it, it just it just seems like it takes more out of you now you know now that I'm a little bit older so yeah. um yeah man I mean you just got to put in the time dude put in the time uh to uh to really make what you want happen and that's kind of been a struggle for me for the last ten years really. Mostly because you know Thanks. life li- life hits you with with so many fucking things and like you know my my father passed away, um, you know I I I pretty much became responsible for my mother and stuff like that you know who was on you know disability and all that shit and and that's just that's the reality of it you know what I mean like I I carry the weight uh, or part of the weight for my family I'm one of the, the very few adult males in the family at that time you know what I'm saying like so it's just. Yeah, it's just me out here. You know what I'm saying? Trying to trying to balance the scales. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing this fucking juggling act. And uh yeah. it it really it really when I do sit down to make art, that's what really drives me. You know, the that pressure cooker, man, that that fucking that coal that turns into a diamond. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm that constantly. And I'm just spewing out diamonds when I when I make art. Because of that 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 pressure that life applies. So for me to actually sit down and actually get this deep into this project, you know, this this what looks like is going to be an album, either that or an EP, um, and get this deep into it and actually have all these songs like mixed and you know finalized and shit like that, and, like it's it's something I've been working towards for a while because um, you know I got I got hit I got hit by a fucking Mack truck when when my pops died, you know what I'm saying? So. Um, that that really kind of floored me. And on top of that, like, yeah. shit, man. I mean, even right after that, like, there's just been a, a, a series of events in my life that just, like, it, it's just been crazy shit, man. The last few years has been crazy. So the last time that you put out a record was in 2006. So that's been, like, a decade, which in hip-hop can be, like, you know, it seemed like a lifetime, right. pretty much. And in most music, again. Um, so does this sort of feel like you're picking up and you jumped right back in, or do you feel that the music and the approach that you're making now is almost like a completely different artist? Because I'm presuming you're a different person than you were a decade ago. Yeah. 
Um, I would say it's a little bit of both, mostly mostly new for me um, because I am a totally different person than than what I was back then. The, um, the I mean, the, the only thing that's super familiar is the fact that I haven't really stopped. You know what I'm saying? Like the skill's still there. I was still developing the skill, still crafting the skill, still making music. Just I lost, I lost the um, the skill of letting it go, and uh, the art of letting go of uh, of your art. Um, that that it really is. It really requires practice. You know what I'm saying? So for me, uh, that that's that's what was probably killing me the most. But like trying to trying to put out music now, yeah, I have no idea what the hell I'm getting into right now. Like as far as like putting it out, how to put it out, how to promote it, whatever the fuck. Um, at, at least just solo by myself. That doesn't even seem like a good idea. You know what I mean? Like it, you definitely need um need a team. It, it seems because I mean, shit. Back when I put that record out, we were still passing out flyers. Always live it. Yeah, come on. Always bring it. Don't stop. Always live it. I have an addiction to a rhythm of fiction where hip hop is one and all the elements are depicted clear. Written is graph expression. All of the victims here. We're on the system message. Cut them with the heads of spears. Pens of lighter weapons. Light is the focus now. If they can't save themselves, then we will have to show them how. Women are represented. Have value and our incentive. That's where the nevaya, the name of God, and yeah, I'm in it. Just living is surviving. Surviving is not living. You getting out of it exactly. What you couldn't give it Sides of them don't matter Times are getting sadder I used to love her And so love her But she getting better Won't try to make her bounce Or make her scream and holler She'll put her heart that counts So she can look past the dollars Slave the dollars Listen, listen to Infic One Push back the shadow So we can take back the sun Man, I ain't here to play I won't live up to them I'ma be myself No matter what you people say I'ma get me free Right in the place to be Within myself And none of y'all Begins to face me Man, I ain't I'm only up to them. I'ma be myself no matter what you people say. I'ma get me free, right in the place to be. Within myself and none of y'all begins to face me. It's up to me to make the change within myself. Find out what we're here to gain. Some work to live, not live to work. Let's work to Who the fuck passes out flyers now? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like everything's a fucking face Facebook request or whatever. Everything's online now. So and um not not to sound like I'm fucking old, you know, I'm I'm hip to all that shit. I'm just saying that coming out now it's definitely going to be a reintroduction to to um to who I am as a as a as a person, as an artist, um as a name, you name it. Um so yeah, I I don't know. It's it, it's definitely a new game. It's definitely a a, a different sport though cuz you you got you got guys that are I mean, I look at I look at dudes like like Run the Jewels, you know what I'm saying? Like Killer Mike Killer Mike and LP, the motherfuckers inspire me like crazy. I mean, yeah, right. LP's been in the game for shit, man. I, I don't even know how long. Uh, you know what I mean? But he's he's been in the game for probably, what three decades? Can we say that? Can we yeah. say he's been in the game for? I would say, yeah. yeah. Even if it was small time for five, you know, years. Yo, it doesn't matter. Like he's been indie for three decades, right? Doing killing, it. killing, working shit. on his craft. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then like uh, just uh, Killer Mike, he talked about it. He was just like this, you know. He's in a young man's sport. You know what I'm saying? And he's like 41 or something like that, killing it. And he's been killing yeah. it for years. So I just look at these dudes. I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. It, really, the playing field has been completely leveled. Unless I'm trying to make that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? 
Like I, I, I don't really have anything to worry about. And even that dumb shit. I mean, you got you got brothers like Two Chains out there. You know what I'm saying like he's he's in his forties. So it's I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So so I don't know. And I think about it because I'm I you know obviously like I said it is a, a young man's sport, but approaching the shit now is different. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of it's kind of been reborn for me. Um, or renewed in a way because I, when I, even when I sit down to make a track or work on a beat or whatever the fuck, I I feel like a kid again. I feel like I'm still exploring yeah. and learning new shit because I you know uh, I don't know everything's kind of changed. I change uh, and and deliberately in the studio I change up my workflow just to keep it fresh. So like you know I started out on on an MPC. I started out using hardware and shit like that. Then I transitioned to software and I. I transitioned to like I don't know how many softwares from there. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like I just try to I try to keep it as fresh as possible and that I think that's what that's what keeps me young. You know what I'm saying? So um Yeah. Yeah, man. You're not just stuck in one way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. The big thing I think that stands out amongst most people um and most artists is that they're being some version of themselves. Um, no matter if it's like uh, something that is popular or not, I think people gravitate to it because they're being themselves. I think the the hard thing is when people are trying to like genre jump or hop to just what's cool at the moment and right. not just doing their own thing. Like you were saying, like LP's been doing his own thing and he's been, you know, obviously staying up on stuff and, you know, bringing in new thoughts and ideas, probably changing up his workflow and different things like that. But he's just been him. He's not kind of like... Oh, we're wearing these clothes now. Okay, I'm gonna wear these clothes. Oh, we're using these sounds now. We're gonna, right. I'm gonna like change my whole thing to be what's cool. He's just, this is me. And sure, I'll incorporate these kind of hi hat patterns or whatever. But it's still like LP style production, you know. Yeah, I think that's it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit because it's not like Company Flow sounds like Run the Jewels. So it's it doesn't he doesn't sound. You know, because the opposite of that is when you have an artist who's like, just like, I'm just going to keep hitting this nail into this wall the same way. And it's like, really, man, like, you know, you're doing what you did in 93. And like, that's not like, you know, it's like a one note type thing. So, yeah, it's coming from an honest place and being honest with yourself, but being adaptive to, you know, what the current climate is at the same time. You can't live in a bubble either. I I think Stevie Wonder is a great example of that. Like, I don't know too many songs that use 80 synths that were especially R&B and things like that that sounded good except for Stevie Wonder. <laughs> he was able yep. to, like, you listen to anything else, like some artist that was big in the 60s and 70s and came in the 80s, they struggled like crazy. But Stevie, like, still even using the digital synths and all that stuff. Like, his music it's still of what sounded he, it's, great. It's because of what he played, man. Let's just be honest. That dude's a master of melodies. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, he's, Yeah, that's what it, I'm saying. Like, he's he's a... He's a master of his craft, and he's him. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter if he's using yeah. a toilet bowl or whatever he's using. Yeah, I think I think I think what what really what impacts artists the most is is the fact that they get stuck and they don't evolve. And um, in hip hop, I think you know we we I think I think we've shed I think we've cut off the tail of of whatever that keep it real shit that we were on before. You know. Um, because the hip hop hip hop has that weight, that gravity of of just like, oh, you got to keep it real, you got to keep it authentic, you got to, you know, you got to you have to be a purist about it. And the only thing that I see that that impacts 
uh, purists negatively is the fact that they don't evolve. And I feel like a dude yeah. like LP, even a dude like like Flylo, um, you know, because Flylo shit, he came out, he was doing boom bap shit. That's not front. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he, you know, it was Dilla, very Dilla. Yeah, influence. without a doubt. And and the fact that that he that they both have evolved. You know what I'm saying? Is what keeps them relevant. You know what I'm saying? And and you you just gotta you gotta you know, it's kind of I think it's a fine balance of of you know paying respect to what these young bloods are doing now and also trying to innovate so that you know so that the future generation copies off of your shit and then somebody evolves from there you know what i'm saying it's just i don't know i i that's the biggest that's the biggest uh stagnation in, as far as uh hip hop is concerned is that the, there's a lack of evolution cuz there's still guys making that shit that sound like the 90s and that's fine you know what i'm saying but like, what else are you doing? What else can you do? Like this, it's like it's kind of like we've forgotten that it's music, you know. Um, and music, the music is not a genre. Music is music. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's cool to stick within your genre or whatever. But like, try to make some music and make a contribution so, to music as a whole. You know what I'm saying? Opposed to just the genre. Yeah. I I I rather be I rather be known. I rather like see more artists be known for their contribution to music from the genre of hip hop. Like I think Kendrick does that, especially with, with, uh, with, uh, how to pimp a butterfly. You know what I'm saying? Or to, to pimp a butterfly, I think that's an accurate, accurate name for the record, but how, yeah. How to pimp a butterfly was this uh, cookbook. Right. Right. Uh, like this is how we're going to do it. Then right. Yeah. Word up. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, catch yeah, me at improv exactly. y'all. I'm really anyway. Playing random. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're okay. Uh, yeah. I'm okay. okay. I'm like 101 level. Yeah. So what does 2016X think when he listens to the music that 2006X was making? What's the biggest thing that you see as a difference between what you're doing then and what you're doing now? I think back then, what I didn't know how to do as well was... um to c- communicate who I was as a person in my music in the most transparent way possible. Um, and I, I, I refer to it at least to myself internally as the cultivation of my spirit on track. Like how do, how do I put the human spirit on my music, you know, in, in a track or even through video or whatever the case may be. I think in video, it's a little easier for me to get that from someone else that I'm shooting, but for for me, at, at like recording myself and writing lyrics that I feel truly represent me, I didn't know how to do that as well back then, and and it's something I've been talking about for for a really long time, um, even before I made any of these songs, and uh, the thing that I w- I wanted to do, uh, and I. Actually, I think I've been, it's been a lifelong journey, at least for me as a musician, ever since I've been doing music, um, to be able to make music that, that sounds like a conversation with me, you know? Um, and that, that, that means more to me than, than anything else. That kind of supersedes everything. Um, cause you know, as an MC, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about your bars and you know, you got you gotta sound lyrical, you gotta be able to rap, your cadence gotta be right, so on and so forth. There's so many aspects to being a performer. 
in that respect. But if you can if you can fuse, if you can balance all that shit all at once and fuse it all together where your lines are clever, your 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 cadence is right and everything you're saying is heartfelt and it's completely transparent of of who you are and I listening to a track with me is not too much of a departure of a conversation with me on the phone. And that's I feel like I'm better at that now. I don't think I've achieved everything I, I ideally would like to achieve, but I think I'm better at that now than I was back in 2006. And what about as a producer? Like, what about musically? Because you always produce your own stuff, too. Just more musical. Uh, like, technically better overall than I... than I. And, you know, granted, the, the, track, the stuff that, that I'm working on now, it's been reworked so that it's up to par with what I can do now. It's not everything I can do now, but it's up to par with what I could do now. Um, and uh, yeah, so they, they've, all those songs kind of been refined. Like, and it's stuff that's been recorded from 2000, I think 2007, all the way up until maybe about a year and a half ago. So this is, this is kinda, this is, no way am I, am I comparing this to that, but it's kinda my black messiah in that way. You know what I'm saying? It's something that just like, oh, these are all these tracks that have been recorded. Let's put this out, you know, and then like, let's follow up with brand new shit. And that's kind of that's kind of what this is for me in that respect. So you've taken out all of the Obama references and other time uh, markers. Like, I don't know if you need help with it. If you can send us some of the tracks, we could just go through and make sure like, hey, man, like Obama's not going to be like. He already served two right. terms. Obama's going to be president forever. Okay, right? <laughs> that's that's it. All the all the Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey references in all of your albums. Right. Oh man, come on, Doug. Come on, man. Now I. It's funny enough. Funny enough. When I was a uh, when I started out uh, rapping, that was a that was like a rule within me and my crew. Like we don't talk about anything that's current at all. Not that we talk about anything that's you know dated but we don't refer yeah. to just anything that's out there we don't talk about brand names we don't, and it wasn't like we were just trying to be anti-commercial anti-establishment it's just like no 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 there was something about it that that limitation made us more creative you know uh lyrically so um we and like it was it was to the extreme at first funny enough the name of the band was never intimidate the extremes n-i-t-e um but we didn't like you couldn't even say car. Like, nah, man, you gotta you say automobile, you know, vehicular, something. You can't just be saying <laughs> you guys <laughs> you had the giant synonym book. Yeah, pretty all much. All rappers. Pretty too. much. And that Yeah, yeah, for real. So that was our thing though. We just wouldn't do it. And that granted it caught it at the time when when it at least for that era in hip hop, it worked. It really did work for us. Um and uh, you know we 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 uh, we missed out on some deals and shit like that. We were young, we were kids, and um, they're like, "We'd love to sign you to yeah. this distro deal if only you'd say car." You're like, "Nope, not doing it." <laughs> Yo, th- no, you know, word, word up. There was a there was a dude who was a he was an A and R at Def Jam, and he wanted to fuck with us. He was just like, "Yo, but I need I need you to say," and I don't know why. This I remember this shit like clear as day. He wanted this. He was just like, "You got to If you talk about gum, you got to say Wrigley's. You can't say gum." <laughs> Just like you want me to talk about Wrigley's? Wrigley's? This, is that yeah, yeah? I was just like, do I have to say Wrigley's to get signed, son? Is that is that exactly what you need? 
And it's just, I don't know, it was the funniest shit. But that was the thing. Like, when before, like, all that, all that, um, you know how you see product placement in films? And it's been in there for, right. for, for years. Around that time, I believe that's when all the labels were really pushing for that shit. They were pushing hard yeah. for, for product placements. Like, you got to talk about it. Like, you have to talk about it. Like, here's a product it. list. Yeah. Wrap so, somewhere in the album, you need to have these 10 products. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and like, I remember speaking to um, an A&R at, um, at, uh, at uh, Interscope. Uh, and he, even he was saying like, yo, I'm not even, I'm not even signing artists right now. I'm signing, uh, athletes. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like Interscope is signing athletes. They were signing like skateboarders, you name it. And it was all about product deals, product placements and all that shit. It had nothing to do with music. So I'm sure that they signed a deal with like Pepsi and it's just like, all right, we got to get five of our upcoming albums to mention Pepsi. At least once or twice or whatever the quota was in their contract. It really weird, weird shit. Just random factoid about me. So how did you get to like, I know you talked about you had lost your father and gone through a lot of things, but just creatively, I know you talked about you started learning uh, jazz piano. But how did you get to the point where you could even lyrically express yourself the way that you feel like is in a better place than you were before? Hmm. Um, I, I didn't like, I don't know, like how anybody else would probably do it. Um, I sat in my bedroom and drugs, drugs. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ghost writers, drugs. Yeah, exactly. I, I sat in my room until it came out right. You know, um, I just kept writing and writing and writing and went through a few pages until it started to, so I start until I started to really convey exactly how I felt. I think there was a bit of meditation involved with that as well. Um, During that process, like pen in hand and all that, just really digging in and listening to what I really wanted to say, not what I thought I should say, not what my trained freestyle would, you know, would uh, pop, you know, would, you know, produce just when I, you know, go try to rap about anything. It was about forget forget the music, forget the lyrics. What are you trying to convey to people? Like, what do you what what was in my heart? You know, what was deep deep in my spirit? And um, that that is when I feel like I I tapped into something special. And I and and I, and I really believe that I I just scraped the surface at that point. And like I said, because of the amount of um, type of work I do, um. I don't always have the luxury of of sitting down and just continuing to cultivate that aspect of it. So, um, like I said, I really feel like I'm I've just scraped the surface as to as to how to be uh, truly reflective of who I am lyrically. How did the introduction of video, uh, like and film, sort of also play into the mix? Because as you were sort of doing this uh, reevaluation you found another form of expression. And I mean, you know, just to like be clear, like, you know, you've done some pretty cool spots, you know, you've done, I think really imaginative and, and great, uh, videos, uh, for everybody from, uh, Ms. Lauren Hill to alchemist and, uh, one of our former guests, uh, Midas, uh, the beast and, um, you know, for various uh, brands and products as well. Um, so how does that platform sort of, 
also feed the creative process and maybe even inform the musical side of things? Uh, it started, I think it started when I started to get burnt out on what I was doing for others. Um, like mixing and all that stuff and mastering and all that shit. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I was bored, I think. <laughs> I was bored and technology excites me. So I saw that, you know, this whole, you know, D, D, uh, HDSLR move, movement, you know, come to be. Um, and I just saw that 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 quality of video was now accessible to pretty much everybody. Um, and this is when it were like really first started, like before it really blew up, before it is what it is, what it, what it is now. Just like I just started following it and, and I was looking at all kinds of uh, different ways to try to achieve a, a goal. And I was just like, oh, shit, this is just within one cam, like one little camera, like a, a like a just a professional camera at the time. Uh, how I would refer to it. And uh, um, I don't know. I I think, I think above all else, and and this is is a really good tie-in for why I do all the things that I do. I think the thing that I'm most talented at is, is quality Um, and recognizing quality and uh, knowing how to produce it, or at least learning how to produce it. And um, that's, I think that's where my strength is, um, above all else. So once I saw that, you know, the quality of the video was there and accessible, you know, I, I bought a camera, I tried it out, shot my first video with Soliloquist of Sound, who were, who were signed to Aftermath, uh, not Aftermath, fuck, <laughs> yeah, they were signed to Aftermath. <laughs> they were signed to Epitaph Records at the time, uh, Anti-Epitaph. And uh, we just did it. You know, they were just being my friends. They were just being nice. Like, hey, I got my camera. I want to try this out. I want to shoot something. And it just turned into like a two-day shoot of them just really trusting me doing what I do. Them not really seeing the shots. Just totally going with everything I asked them to do, which was super kind of them. And then, it, you know, when I showed them the first cut... That's when we all kind of realized that I was onto something there, and I think to plainly answer your question, video is my escape from music, from audio, from all from that world of sound. You know what I'm saying? So that it's my escape from it. It it refreshes everything. It challenges different parts of my brain that I that I don't use all the time that are atrophied. It, it's 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 a challenging art, and um. Because of that, I, I come back to music always renewed. So every so often, I'll do I'll do a video project, come back to to music totally refreshed. Um, so because I I have to always be creating something, working on something, even if I'm mixing someone else's album, like I'm still crafting something. So um, I continually have to be stimulated in that way, or I get really bored with life. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's my break. Uh, if you want to call it a break, it's really not a break. It's work, but it's a break for me from music. So I could come back and just, you know, opposed to just saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take this vacation and go to Hawaii or some shit like that. You know, I, if I go on vacation nine times out of 10, I'm bringing my laptop 
Nine times out of ten, I'm going to be working. Me and Sean have talked about this. So you're kind of like us. You feel kind of weird if you're just sitting around yeah. doing nothing. You feel kind of guilty. And you're like, I need to be creating. I need to be working yeah. on this idea that I have. Definitely, man. And I think that's just based upon how um, how our society structured, man. Um, we got we to gotta get it. We got to get it. We, we, we grind out here. You know what I'm saying? And I say that. I say that from the perspective of having the the luxury of being able to travel the world and see how how people live in other countries. And over here, man, we we there's we definitely have the remnants of a slave mentality in that respect. Um I know it sounds kind of fucked up, but it's really it's 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 real because you know, we all work jobs some respect. So we're working for someone, working for someone's dream. And I'm talking about like, not just us three, but like society as a whole. And because of that, you know, um, those of us who do have some uh, aspirations to be something more than what we currently are, you know, we have to apply that same worth work ethic that we would for someone else into our own shit. And when we're not doing something, I really feel like that's where that guilt comes into play. And what I'm trying to eliminate is that guilt altogether and just do the shit. You know what I'm saying? And not do it because yeah. like, oh, I got to work so hard. And I, I mean, Sean knows me. He's heard me complain for years about all kinds of shit. And without a doubt, like I'm a work in progress, you know? And uh, I know I'm going to listen back to this like a few years from now and like, damn, I was, I was really fighting through some shit. And that that i think i th- i think it stems from that shit man like we're we're trying to achieve something and if we're not if we you know if we sit back on our ass for too long you know we beat ourselves up and that shit that shit's a poison man i don't i don't want that for myself any longer so hmm. really really all i'm trying to do is just have fun and when i'm not doing some shit i want to have fun not doing some shit and i kind of learned that <laughs> i kind of learned um i learned that when i was when i was uh up in jersey working with uh miss hill's uh, camp and working with her and uh you know there there are there are weeks where you know we're grinding hard like the whole team is just grinding hard as fuck and for the first time when we had like a day off or something like that i sat on the couch staring up at the ceiling and i was like holy shit like it, it was like an hour had passed by. I was just like, I don't even feel bad about this shit. This is the first time I've never felt bad about doing nothing ever. Cause I, you know what I'm saying? Cause you would you bust your ass, and you gotta recognize that. You gotta give yourself that credit. So I learned. I got my first taste of it then, and I can't say that I've mastered it at all. You know what I'm saying? But when that time comes, man, and that that, that time that time to do nothing is your time to recharge, and that and thus you're doing something. So, um, which is very fitting for what this podcast is. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to get that money. You know I mean, whatever that money is to you, you know, is, is, you know, that's dependent upon the person. Um, but you know, that money could be, you know, that money could be fame. That money could be, you know, could be dough. It could be whatever the fuck. So it could be blowjobs. Who knows? But the point is some people, <laughs> some people, they like that. Um, Doughy, but, doughy blowjobs. Yeah, yeah, doughy blowjobs. Um, you see a doctor when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, man. I mean, whatever that currency is for you, man, you just got you. Regardless of which, you still have to recharge. Just like when you, if you're if you're an athlete, you have to rest. 
and that rest is a part of right. is a part of your training. It's not that you're not training in that moment. It's like no, you're still training. You have to rest. I have a, a somebody I know was once telling me that like his whole attitude on like working and grinding, and this is why like the whole like the team like the hashtag team no sleep is is just ridiculous to me. Like right. you know people are like man never sleeping, always grinding, going. It's like. Yeah, you know, like you're staying up later, but you're eventually sleeping. Like you're 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 just <laughs> yeah. sleeping later. Or like right. somebody once you just told sleep me for 16 hours after 4 days. Exactly. exactly. Or somebody somebody once was like, "Oh, well there's like, you know, look at that billboard out there. Like that's what I'm competing with. Like that billboard is constantly up there promoting itself and working itself and like I that's what I have to compete with." And I was like, "Yeah, but the difference between you and a billboard is that that billboard is going to start to peel after like a few weeks because it's out in the sun all the time like you are not a billboard you should not be working as hard at being a billboard because you will peel like a billboard and they won't be able to like paint you again right (laughs) you know yeah man i think a lot of people don't yeah think about that i know i had in september for i the only time i really rest and i've been well to a degree i've been trying to work on this myself for a while but i got uh pneumonia i think in september and that Mm. was the first time i sat on the couch for like you know just consistently not doing anything not even checking like facebook not even thinking about oh i should be doing this or you know feeling i was just like i'm just gonna sit on the couch and my after i got it my wife just said you know you need to just chill and the time before that is when i had surgery in 2009 so it's like it's kind of like, oh, I got to do stuff, do stuff, do stuff. And I've really started learning like the last year or so that, like you said, it's like you're an, a- you're an athlete. And, you know, after Jordan scored those 63 points or whatever, he had to sit in a tub of ice for a while or, you know, a whirlpool bath. Right. And get the muscles, you know, kind of loose again and get everything unwrapped and, you know, rest and eat and do all these things he didn't just immediately go out and play pickup ball right after you know scoring 63 points and so yeah it's like like both of you guys are saying you gotta like take that time else you're gonna burn out like like you said you're gonna peel by the time you get a deal or by the time something happens you're already health wise or mentally gone Yep. Yeah. All right. So now what we're going to do, we got a lot of great response from the iTunes roulette uh, episode, which we erroneously referred to as iTunes shuffle, which is a real thing. It's just, uh, you know, that's an actual function of iTunes. This game that we're playing is iTunes roulette. So let's set the yes. record straight here. So no what we iTunes basically, shuffle. No iTunes shuffle. That's a dance. Not for me. You go that, to the left, to the left, to the right, to the right, back, back, forward, forward. Josh is an acute master of dancing, um, in yeah, case you guys didn't you know. know. It's, you just <laughs> rip off the electric slide and then name it something else and have a hit record. You get it. So what we're going to do is uh, each of us is going to randomly select a song from our um, iTunes or music player of choice, and we are going to talk about, uh, you know, we're going to weigh in and talk about it. So X, you are our guest. Would you like to go first? Sure. So cue it up and let us know what it is. All right. Roots, distortion, aesthetic. (laughs) 
Yo, I'm every MC. It's all in me. That's the way it is. It's where you gotta be. Indeed, as I distort, I proceed and need getting hotter than sacks of boo in my room at the Ramada. For tanks in your memory banks to fill up. I provide the static and scratch the map while you catch the vibe. Most can play hot post, but yo, that don't mean shit. Because my click can make a motherfucker sick. I flip, running through port, coming to New York to mix. That is off of their first major album, their second album, Do You Want More. Do you want more? That is, uh, I'm, you know, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a huge Roots fan. Um, a, a huge. No. Yeah. It, so, so am I, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get it, though. Like, I'm a fan. I don't get it. No. No, I don't, yeah. That's a fun time for the band. I know a lot of people who that is their favorite album from them, and a lot of people who say that it's like one of their less favorite earlier albums of them. What, where do you stand on the Do You Want More era? Oh, man, I think it's it's a great record, dude. I mean, it's it was, a you know, we didn't have any hip-hop bands back then, so it was just like, what the fuck is this shit, you know? Um, this track in particular is actually uh, pretty special, uh back in the day before i made beats and um i we had to buy beats from a local producer uh shout out to rough the rude from warheads um the first beat that we got from him he's he sampled the drum beat off that shit and looped it so that was the first shit that that was gonna, going to be my demo until the fucking floppy died apparently so he lost the beat and we ended up on something else. But, you know, I spent like a good month writing to that shit. And I just couldn't stop thinking about the Roots record. But, um, yeah, man, I'm sh- the shit is dope, man. I mean, Silent Treatment. I mean, that scat. Yo, <laughs> uh, you know Aaron. You know what I'm saying? We used to be downtown in Orlando, like selling our tapes and shit like that. And anytime we saw a girl that, that had no ass... <laughs> Aaron would break out in song and start beatboxing and say, "Flat back, you know I like you, you know you like the way I kick it, baby. Flat back, you know you like the way." Hey yo, that it's just a, that record just represents a really good time for our culture, I think. Yeah, it was a fun one. I mean, it's definitely yeah, a fun man. moment. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's like it's on the outskirts of what what uh, native tongues you know, carve the path for, you know what I'm saying? So I'm all about that shit. Josh, any thoughts weighing in on, on that I song have, or the roots? I have, I have no thoughts. I was very late to the roots and my roots knowledge. The roots are very shallow. This is, the, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, this interview's over. I'm done. This podcast hey, is over. Some, I sometimes, I, I can't listen to everything and get, get everything. I do need to go and, you know, run through the roots discog- discography. Um, definitely there's been a lot of things since we started this podcast that I've been saying probably for about 20 years I should do and still haven't done. So that's one of the things I should put on the list. Um, I, I love, you know, I've been a musician all, you know, since I was about 10. So, you know, once I did find out that there was a hip hop band, I would totally dug it. And I've liked all the things I've heard. It's just, I've never sat down and even really listened to their catalog, you know, maybe in passing, but not really just getting into it so i'm sorry all the people out there who want to shoot me um but you suck <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot Yo, to dig into things fall apart 
you know, things fall apart. I, I, to, I don't know, to go back to what you what you kind of asked me when you were talking about how people say that this is either, either their favorite or least favorite. Things Fall Apart is my favorite record. I don't know where this falls in the discography. I, I wouldn't say it's my least favorite Roots record. I wouldn't say that. But, yeah. It's definitely in my top. In it's it's in my top four, I would say, or top, or top five. I I don't want to try to like do the let's rank their records in order because they have like you know fifteen, sixteen albums, and it's just, and they'll stop being your friend, <laughs> and they'll stop being that. my friend exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, but no, they for me they definitely uh, that that it's that's up there. It's definitely up there. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a great album, man. Definitely. I mean, you know what? Especially with all the videos popping up of all these, you know, old ass interviews or all these artists and shit like that when they're young. Ah, Man, there's just something really refreshing about them being that youthful, making that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I look at some of the (laughs) some of the musicians or the rappers today who were their age back then when they dropped that record and listening to the stuff they make it now. And I'm just like, either I'm completely disconnected or I'm totally plugged in. It's one of the two. <laughs> and like something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. There's some there's something really special about that that shit, man. Young thought. You don't even sound the way he did back then, man. It's crazy. Yeah, he had more of that spastic style back then. Yeah, man. I mean, even like, you know, as as much as common has matured, you could listen to Common's like maybe his second record, right? You could listen to Resurrection and be like, all right. That's common for sure. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, thought. I mean, you could tell his thought, but, like, he's just totally different now. He's a, I mean, he's a monster no matter what. So what, so what's what's what do you think is totally different about him? Just as you were saying, his voice, but just, like... His, everything, his style, his voice. I don't think, I don't think that his... Uh, that, that's pretty much it. Probably just style and voice. For the most part, I mean the man. The man's a master of his craft. You know what I'm saying? So, I think that the sheer volume of shows that the band has done over the years definitely shaped and changed his voice. Like, you know, he definitely has a little bit more of a monotone. Like, I wouldn't call him a strictly like a monotone MC at this point, but like he doesn't. On the Do You Want More album and before Organics, it was a little bit more animated, and that's youth. And but I do think that it is also like he wasn't yet doing you know shows two hundred ninety days a year. Like I think that that definitely gave it a little bit more of a gruff and more uh, you know still still has a, a great voice. Like I still think he has a, a yeah. great voice. But you know I think that that's well, definitely the man. He grew into a being a man like yeah. that. weren't they teenagers when they did that record? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he just grew up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he was definitely, like, a um, young adult, if not a teenager. Well, I yeah, think yeah, when you, yeah. when you go into something like this, you're not necessarily thinking, like you're saying, Sean, about performing that 200 times a year. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sure um, David Lee Roth didn't think he would have to be kicking <laughs> and doing all that high-pitch crap for 30-some-odd years. You know, you're just like, hey, this right. is what I'm going to sound like. I'm going to do this. It sounds cool. And after a while, you're like, dang, I can't really <laughs> necessarily do that every day, you know, for five, ten years or whatever. So, you yeah. know, maybe it's like you make choices. <laughs> you make choices about things. Because I've seen people perform in all sorts of ways. Like, I've seen stand-up comedians that are just high energy and crazy all the time. And I, I had tried that. And I was just like, there's no way I could keep that up. 
like for a career. I keep that up for like one performance, but not, you know, doing all that madness forever. Word. All right, Josh, you're up. I'm up. Ooh. Fight the power, public enemy. So me and, <laughs> me and Sean were at Amoeba on Friday, right? Yeah, Friday. Josh has a clause in in his life that every time we do an episode of this podcast, <laughs> he's going to mention Public Enemy. It's it's I'm it, that's my CrossFit. Um, <laughs> it's funny. your improv it's, class. Yeah, it's my it's my improv class. <laughs> thing. Um, so. Yeah, this song when you know when uh, "Do the Right Thing" came out, I was still living in New York. Um, there was that whole you know they had Tawana Brawley in the um, video and everything, but the oh, man that song is just ridiculously powerful. Like it, the song totally lives up to the title. Like you don't listen to the song and go, or you don't hear the title and go, ah, you know that was all right. Like just even the way it starts right. out with the cuts and everything, and then the dropout, and then the beat comes in, and you know the boldness of what they were saying just really sh- struck a chord with me. You know, as a nine-year-old kid or something like that, listening to this and seeing that you know people even at that age that there were going to be people that oppose you or people that um, want to you know bring you down or bring a group of people that you're associated with down but you've got to be able to you know clichéingly say you know you've got to be able to fight the power you got to be able to push through all that nonsense and um mm-hmm. know know like your history know right from wrong know how to you know just be able to do your thing amongst adversity and it's something that's always really stood out to me um this song you know i would say even though it's their most popular to me, it's probably also the most favorite, my favorite song of theirs. And that usually doesn't happen with bands or groups or rappers. Usually the most popular song I don't want to ever listen to. So, you know, fight the power is like huge, huge track. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with everything you're saying. I think this is over. I'm done. Um, I saw I, I I think I think I saw the video before I heard the track. Mm. The video was equally powerful to me, if not more. Um just for the fact of everything that they were able to pull off and then later discovering how they shot it. Like they didn't really plan any of that shit. Just people start just starting hitting the streets. I think they shot it in Brooklyn or something like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. I mean, just seeing that many people together, you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, if you black or brown, whatever, especially at that time, like that, that shit was just uncalled for, and everything that they were doing was just, uh, was not uncalled for, but it was just unheard of, rather. Yeah. Um, like you just didn't see that. You, you, we weren't, we were never really represented in a, in a light of power. We had to fight for our power, no pun intended. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, 
And uh and that's what they did, man. They 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 personified that shit. So, yeah, the, the video the video is what what brings me back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the best hip hop groups of all time. They're super powerful. They have an amazing live show. Um and you know, that's that's a song that obviously still holds some weight and some water uh, today. You know, they they played it in the closing credits of the Oscars this year yeah. in the uh, attempt for the uh, Academy Awards yeah, to be did. a little more. Uh, you know, we we like black people. We uh, we're we're in favor of uh, of, of black people campaign. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right. Which is funny that, you know, in order to, um, like send that message out and honor it, they reached back to a song that's like 25 years old. Like, Hey, we're, we're, we're tapped into what's, you know, what's hip kids. <laughs> like we're, we like the rap music and, and, and the, and, and the black people. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic, uh, moment in time. And, you know, I, I think even, you know, to this day, I think, they they still have an influence and they still have a voice uh and you know i don't think there could be like a kendrick lamar without a public enemy i don't know yeah. and i don't uh, think no. that there could even be like we were saying earlier like a run the jewels you know like the lp's like you know production style is totally bomb squad you know like and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's like uh that's obviously the driving force behind uh you know the public enemy records so yeah so yes, if you're asking yeah, me, man. I am in favor of fight the power. <laughs> well, it, it was funny. Yeah. One thing you said about the, the, I guess another side about the Oscar thing that I think is interesting is that if you listen to this song and, um, you know, even with Straight Outta Compton coming out, it's like, even though that song is super old and that group is super old, all the same issues are still happening. Like that movie resonated so well because people were like, wait a minute. They were talking about the stuff in the 80s and we're still talking about the stuff now and we're dealing with all these yeah. racial issues in 89, but the song's still relevant now because we still have all these dumb problems that people don't want to deal with. So, um, you know, it's it's just kind of interesting that it still works um, on multiple levels, even though, like you said, it's like 30, almost 30 years older. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean... Great, yeah, great records are timeless, man. I mean, even a lot of shit that even if you listen to, I'm a big Bob Marley fan. So, um, if if anybody, <laughs> he's probably the only artist that I've listened to their entire entire catalog or the majority of it, um, and still do to this day. Uh, but even the stuff that he talks about, still relative, man. There's a that all the shit that they like. There's always going to be oppression. There's always going to be some greedy son of a bitch doing some wrong shit. Yeah. So. Um, just talk about that. Music will be timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Like songs. There will always be jerks. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That'll be the album title. There'll always be jerks. I mean, in contrast to the opposite, where you just talk about nothing. That's why music are just, we, we don't have, we don't have like, we don't have those hits. We don't have musical legends now. You know what I'm saying? Not as many as we did back then, I feel. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think because of that, because of the content that was being sung about back then, or even the time, even like you got somebody like, we'll just say, I'm just going to throw out a random name, like little Richard at the time, like nobody was doing that shit with the piano. Like he was, Yeah. you know, black man behind the piano, just losing his fucking mind. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he, like he, he, he represented a certain side of oppression and he liberated that shit on, on stage. 
on television. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man. I mean, you got to be about some shit if you want to if you want to make a mark in history at all. Sean, your turn. We all right. So, is that how you spun the roulette wheel? I say we. We. So I have. Oh, okay. This is this is an interesting one. This is uh, John Frusciante, and the song is called Bike. I'm a song later records for those of you who don't know john frusciante uh was the guitarist in the band the red hot chili peppers um and was is has been a very prolific uh solo artist um i think he's put out a total of like 14 or 15 uh solo albums at least on his own and they don't sound Hmm. anything like the red hot chili peppers music for the most part um but in more recent years, he's gotten particularly kind of weird and avant-garde, and this is a later record. I want to say that this came out in, like, 2012. So by this point, he had already permanently left the band for a second time. And, you know, I, as if the material before already wasn't sort of, like, not very commercial and, like, was really more art for art's sake, this is the kind of stuff that really uh, kind of pushes the envelope of, like, is this fun to listen to or is it interesting to listen to? Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the song or this album, but just the general notion of uh, art for art's sake. And when is that cool? And when is that kind of like, all right, that's pretentious. So I'm, I don't, I guess I'm not a huge John Vashante fan because huge John Vashante fans would probably mention songs like bike or, you know, some of the ones off of the six albums he did in six months and then say like, Oh, you don't know that one. And then they would uh, prove me as a fraud. But, um, (laughs) I really love, and it kind of changed my thought process on a lot of, uh, music. I really love, uh, by the way, which he's, you know, is heavily, um, a part of, um, in shaping that record. And, um, when people, people collide with shadows, when shadows collide with people, the album that came out, I think right after that. Um, and I definitely like the idea of his art. The songs that I've listened to other than outside of that album have been hit or miss for me, but when he left the band the second time it it was kind of you know it has nothing that really to do with me but it was kind of hurtful because i felt like his contribution to the band was so huge um and had such a big mark that it would kind of be lost without him and and he kind of i think gets some kind of stability from the band so then when he was like 
I'm not going to record any music. Like he was doing stuff with, um, I think he was doing something with like Dame Dash and some other people and doing stuff with uh, the guys from Mars Volta. And then he was like, oh, I don't want to like do stuff commercial. I just want to make music and then listen to it at my house and then have friends over. And I was thinking, but you're such a great guitarist and you're very talented. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? And so it's kind of weird. I, you know, I understand you make the art, you do whatever you want with it. But um, when he decided to do that, I thought that was kind of strange. And then when he went to electronic music, um, the first thing I heard wasn't good. But one of the albums I heard of his, I actually liked it. So um, I guess he's just being more picky or choosy about what he releases to people. But because he's still putting stuff out, but... I think he's just kind of like just stacking. Tra- he's trying to be Prince, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just stack tracks. I, in some ways, I would say he was almost like the non-hip-hop Mad Lib because for a while he was putting out, like he did have that year in 2004 or I think sometime around there where he put out six albums in six months and like that was crazy. And a lot of that material, yeah. I would say, was pretty strong. But now it is sort of erratic. And it, it is kind of weird, like you said, for somebody who's, like, known and, like, has made their reputation on being a guitarist to kind of be like, hey, I'm not really doing anything with guitars anymore. Like, my records are are going to barely have guitars or, you know, they're they're not going to have them at all. So, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think it's important to, like, let the artist kind of do what they do. But I do think even if we go into situations with that mindset, you know our tolerance can only run so far at some point. Yeah. yeah. I think, Hmm. I, I don't know. I th- I think that it, it go, it, I agree with what you said. Let the artists do what they do, but as long as they do it well, you know what I mean? Like right. if you're not going to, if you're a guitarist and you're just going to go off and say, all right, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make house music, make some dope ass house music. You know? So that's, that's my take on it. What I don't give a fuck what you do. Just do, just do some dope shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, just yeah and and when it comes to like noise and or you know art for art's sake and all that shit i don't know man if you're making music make some fucking music you know what i mean like don't just make noise dog then you're not making music anymore that's how i look at it so but but what um, if it's being positioned as like i'm making music but i don't have any commercial intention for this music is music dog i'm saying (laughs) I, i don't know i i don't I don't associate noise with music. That's how I feel about it. I, my feelings on this have gotten stronger. No, I'm just saying, like, like my 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 um my feelings on this have gotten have grown stronger. Especially, you know, you know, come up coming up. I'm not I'm not in the commercial scene or nothing like that. Or I haven't broke out and made made a commercial record. So I don't know what that world is like. But I do know what it's like to come up as an independent artist. You see all kinds of motherfuckers that, that in that world. And some of them like to make noise. Some of them like to be really left, extra left, left for left sake. You know what I'm saying? It's just like once you stop making, like there comes a point where you stop making music and you start making noise. Not like yeah. a buzz, but you're making noise. You're no longer making music. Then that, you just have to acknowledge that. Like, yo, I'm going to make a noise record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, for, and it's, it, it represents art. And this is, this is my view on it. That's, right. just, that's how I feel about it. Because I feel like music is supposed to be musical. So you must have felt pretty conflicted when Public Enemy said, bring the noise. Like, you weren't sure where. (laughs) I was, yeah. I almost slipped my wrist that day. I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) 
regardless of whether or not like he is putting out like great music i do admire his straight commitment to what he's doing even if it even if it's not making great music like he definitely seems like he is about that life like if you were in a if you were in a popular band and you were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you just didn't show up, and you've already been on record, and you're like, hey, I don't care about any of this, and, and, and then you don't show up to that, then it's like, all right, at least I know that like you really are living what you're talking about. Like He like really doesn't oh, without seem doubt. like, you know, there's no pretense yeah. there. I'm not I'm not familiar with his records or any of this shit. I might love all that shit, all that weird shit. There is some, you know, I don't just listen to just you know, I don't know, classical music or some bullshit like that. The way, by the way, I sounded before, sounded really pompous. But I mean, just but like I said, do it dope. If you if you if you make some left shit and you're doing it dope, that's the thing. Like I don't necessarily have to like it, but I can recognize if it's being done well. And if it's being done well, fuck yes. Thumbs up. Yeah. Like, do you, man. Like, I don't give a fuck what it is. All right, man. Well, listen, X, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, yeah, it's man. been fun. We definitely have to have you back. Yeah. I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's, a, it's been fun. It's been interesting. You guys caught me at, a, a, at an interesting part of my day, too. So um, I'm really curious how, how everything uh, is going to turn out. So, how it yeah. turns out. And then when you hear in a couple of years and look back on yourself... Let's go. Hmm, interesting. That's where yeah, I was at. Exactly. Like you were saying earlier. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's all about growth, dude. Um, and not being afraid to show where you're at. I think that's that go that's kind of connected to what I was saying before about the art of practicing, uh, or the art of uh, letting go of your music. Also, you know, it's just putting yourself out there like that. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens next time around. Where can uh, people find your stuff at? Find myself on uh, Bandcamp, x144.bandcamp.com. Um, my YouTube is uh, uh, youtube.com slash beatsrhymesfilms. Website is x144.com. Every social network out there that has an at, at x144.com. Oh, no, x144. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Right up. Straight across the board. Nice. Cool, man. Right. Well, it was good. It was fun. All right, yeah, man. man. Thank you. Alright man, next time. See you later. Peace.